On this episode of PL and PJ's, we're detailing summer deals. We're back. Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with a cozy dress code. That cozy dress code is pajamas, and we're back in better than ever. Season three. I also want to point out neither of us are particularly wearing pajamas, but to add the caveat, it is about 95 degrees outside right now. Not that we're outside, but it's just more the principle of the thing. Sure, my pajorts are dirty, so um, I don't want to wear my full-length pajamas. Ooh, sp- full-length, full hem. They're back in the Premier League this season, Jake. Nice. That Thanks. was that is the transitions <laughs> that we've been you know waiting for all, all summer. summer long. I had all summer to think about that one, <laughs> and that's what you came up with. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brent. Um, it's good to be back. We're, we're on your couch. We recorded, what, the last two or three episodes of the season, last season here? Yeah. Um, but it's fairly new, and it is a new season. Same old whiskey, though. Yeah, thankfully. I mean, we, we do still love it. Somehow we still have it left, the same Breckenridge whiskey we were drinking before. But the league has changed, and I think it's important to recap that this season is going to feature one returning primarily Premier League side that has not played in the Premier League, that is an ex-champion of Europe, Nottingham Forest, are back along with Bournemouth and Fulham. Yeah, um, some familiar names and some names of way, way back. Um, they went back-to-back years, the champions? They, they sure did, Jake. That is like 73. <laughs> that's still crazy to me. Um, but yeah, I, I really like the field this year. Um, I think going into last season... Everyone kind of knew that Norwich was going to go down. Sure. Um, and you could kind of take your pick with the other ones at the bottom there. But now I feel like it's going to be a real dogfight. Um, we kind of saw the, la- the bottom two teams of this previous season. It was kind of set in stone going into last month. Mm-hmm. But I'm expecting both at the bottom for a relegation battle and I think maybe, maybe a title race going down to the wire, and I am uh, i could not be more excited for the season. Oh yeah, and it's early days, and next week we will do our full season preview, but before then, Jake, we do have to cover one of my favorite topics. It's its transfers, baby. Not summer. Summer's not your favorite topic. I thought that's what you were going to go with. Oh, no. I do love summer, mm-hmm. but I love transfers more than I love summer. You get that nice... Alaska white skin, just exactly. a little tan. I just burn so easily, sure. you know. It's <laughs> I've never burned in my life. <laughs> I wasn't burned last weekend. Oh no, I'm I'm still peeling from mine. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty tough. So no, I focus on the transfers, Jake. Okay, well then, Brent, let's get right into it. Uh, we right into it after you know five minutes or so of right into it. Talk. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Brent, we were tasked with the question: What team? had the best, or I guess it's still going on, has had the best transfer window so far. Jake, I'm glad that you asked me that because it's easy to say, at least from my end, Nottingham Forest. 
I think you sign you you break your wage structure. Okay. And you sign Jesse Lingard. You get Dean Henderson on loan. Sure. Nico Williams, Wayne Hennessy as your backup goalkeeper, along with I think they've made a total of nine transfers so far this summer. And for a newly promoted side, they're taking the Fulham approach of seasons past, which is you got promoted and you are spending the money right away gambling at all so that you can stay up. And I don't hate it for them. I think they have nothing to lose. I think that they need those kinds of quality signings. They've got nothing to lose. Nice. Man, <laughs> did you spend all summer coming up with that one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um, so they are my number one. But I want to say a close second for me is City. Not so much that they've signed Holland and Phillips. More that they've kind of dropped the phasing out Deadwood of Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling. Sure. With those two players getting off their wage bill, I think they've made significant improvements to their team. Two in, two out, good business. But Forrest is really where I, I put my – I tip my cap to them. Yeah, Brent, uh, I agree. It's very important for a newly promoted side to kind of go out and spend enough to give themselves a good – chance to stay in the Premier League another season. Um, on that note, my team that I picked, I, I was debating between a few, but I'm going to go with Fulham. I, I really like their kind of mid-tier signings that are just going to bolster their first 11 sure. and really make them kind of at the same level as like a Crystal Palace or like a struggling Southampton from last season. I think that they can compete with sides like that. Um, they added uh, Pereira from your Manchester, your oh, sorry, your previous yes, thank you uh, fandom club of Manchester United. They got Solomon and Paulinha, and then um, I just actually learned today when I was researching this that they got Mbabu from uh, Wolfsburg. Yeah, they sure did, and they did. I, I saw a tweet that was like they got Mbabu and one of their other signings. That was a pretty good player. That I, it was one from that list that I can't remember for like a combined fourteen million pounds, and that's fantastic business. Yeah, I think they're you know picking the right places to go buy, um, looking at people coming at the end of their contracts, um, and yeah, I think sneakily had a very good transfer window. I don't see them doing much more after this business. You know, sure they, they could use some more you know attacking threats, but. I mean, they won the championship. They they had enough attacking threats uh, for that, and I think they're going to give it a real good fight. Um, and then a couple I'll throw out there, Spurs, um, sure. which I'll talk about later. And Chelsea, surprise, like just a sneaky good window. Um, also talk about them later, but wanted to give them the recognition before we went to the other side of things, Brent, and talked about who we thought have has had the worst transfer window so far. Well, Jake, you're on a roll. Do you just want to keep going? Sure, I'll, I'll keep it right along. Um, I got a few names to throw out. You can tell me what you think okay. about them. Um, and if you want to go into more details later, just let me know. But okay. I, want, I want to at least list them. First one that has to be said, Leicester City have not signed anyone. They have not. They have to be at the top of the list just for that fact alone. Um, not really making much money. Mm-hmm. Um, not spending much money. They're not really doing anything. Um, I don't really know if they want to stay static because they weren't in the greatest of form to end last season. Um, but, you know, there's still two weeks until the season starts. And then I believe, what, September 1 is the deadline? Uh, technically August 31st. Sure, sure, but sure. Yes. Um, another team 
who was at the top of my list before this week, was Everton. They lost Richarlison. Haven't done anything to replace that. Um, and the only signing they had made was the free transfer of Tarkowski. Mm-hmm. Um, but recently, last... And Vinagre. Sure. La- last two or three days, they've got... Vinagre. whatever. The, the ex-Wolves player. Um, and they also got... Dwight McNeil. Dwight McNeil in yeah. the coming days here, who I think is a good addition. So... Um, they didn't no Leicester still topped them in that category because of those few signings that Everton have been putting in in the last few days. And then Brent's hate to do this to you. Brentford, not a sexy window. Um, they lost Ericsson, who was really the backbone of that surge that they had at the end there. And they haven't really done much to replace him, but they have made, you know, quantity. Signings, it's not not really quality. Sure, Jake. I'm I have an agree, a disagree, and a all right. That's fine. Okay. My disagree <laughs> first off would be Lester, only because while it has surprised me that they haven't made any signings. Sure. They also, given the current market and the way that like the prices have been so inflated. All they have to do is survive the... I mean, it's not like they're fans. I realize that they won a title recently. But it's not like they need to finish in a top four place to make their fans happy. Their team is fine. It's not, it's not great that they haven't made signings. I just wouldn't put them as my most disappointing of all teams. I instead have Bournemouth, who have been promoted and have really... They've signed two people. I can't remember who the second one is, but off the top of my head, the first one is Fredericks from West Ham, who is a fine right back. Sure. I understand keeping a team together that got second in the championship and wanting that chemistry. You have some Premier League experience with Billing, with uh, Solanke as, as your spine. I get it. But I think they need more, and I think they'll struggle if they don't make more signings. And that window is getting shorter. So I would put them as my number one. I agree with you on Everton. I think that they need more. I don't know that Dwight McNeil is enough. I don't think Tarkovsky is enough. definitely not. Um, And, you know, take your pick on Vinagra, Vinagra, however you say his name. I I think Everton are in big trouble because while Richarlison, he's not my favorite player. He aggravates me. He does provide a bit of an edge and a bit of a spark and a little attitude. And frankly, Everton have no bite going forward anymore. Dude, they've got Delhi. Right. <laughs> they lost Donnie. Ooh, <laughs> the lone end. Yeah. Um, but they just they're they're lacking a little bit of menace going forward, in my opinion. They're losing more quality than they're recouping. And what they have recouped, I don't think has really been enough. I don't think it's so much of an improvement over their current squad. So I could see them struggling. I have a contender for Wolves who have only made one signing so far to be disappointing. But I just want to take a second to defend Brentford. Okay. Which is, as I told you, I believe a few weeks ago, their entire summer dealings from everything that I had read was hinging on Erickson. And Erickson took so long to make a decision that when he finally did make his decision, Brentford announced like five people within the like week-long period after he said no and accepted United's offer, that I think I blame Christian Eriksen for derailing their summer transfer window. I, I don't really care what the reason is, Brent. 
they're just having a bad window. The, the five signings they made instantly after Erickson, none of them are going to really sure. make them that much of a better team. They have a little more depth now, which is good. Which is big for them because they did have a huge injury problem sure. in the middle of the season last year. Um, but I just don't think that they've bolstered that starting 11. And I think they are going to be in that 16 to 18 spot okay. um, for most of the season. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I like Brentford, but I don't think they did enough. Um, back to your points on Bournemouth, mm-hmm. um, playing devil's advocate here. They made like six signings in January. They did. So they're kind of riding off of that high that kind of uh, kept them in that second spot sure. to qualify or to be promoted. Um, they did, I think, lose one or two because they were just loan moves. Um, so, yes, a little disappointing overall, but they did have that big January that I, I mentioned um, last season. Right, and I get, th- I get that. It's just... Signing like six players to remain second in the championship and secure your automatic promotion spot is not the same as those six players then being Premier League quality, sure. in my mind. I get that, and yeah, most most of the signings were from the championship level. One uh, being Nat Phillips mm-hmm. came from Liverpool, and I believe he's back. He is. It was a loan yeah. spell. Um, so yeah, I, I think a good January to stay up. Uh, or stay second in the championship. But maybe you're right. Maybe they did not do enough uh, to keep them in the Premier League another season. Um, but Brent's, let's move past all the negativity oh, yeah. that we just put out into the world there. I hate that look on us. Let's be a little more positive and talk about our top transfers for the summer in no particular order. Oh, I'm going to rank them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're going to rank them. <laughs> I'm going to rank them, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. My number one, Jake, and this might be controversial, Skamaka to West Ham. Yeah, no, that is that is controversial. I That's not on my radar at all. Yeah, the reason that I say that is we have talked year and year. We've been doing this for two years, now a third. West Ham, we have complained about for a very long time, no death, especially below Antonio. Skamaka may not be the best player in the Prem. He may not be necessarily the best goal scorer, but he fits the West Ham style of those massive players. Yep. He's 6'5". He's pretty technical in a poacher from what we've seen in Serie A, which doesn't necessarily direct translate to the Prem when we've seen players come over. <clears throat> Pogba. Um, nice. But what I would say is that for as long as we've been complaining about West Ham need to reinforce and provide competition for Antonio. And I think that he is the biggest signing that has been made, not because he's going to be the best player, but because West Ham needed him for the past three, four years so badly. Dude, what about Yarmolenko? He was definitely oh, a competition. Yeah. He scored that one goal last huge. season. It was wild. Yeah. It's the storyline, the narrative. It wa- ah. No, it was, but I don't care. <laughs> it's- wow. Sinister Brent over here. Yes. So that, that yeah. was your number one? That's my number one. What's yours? Um, ooh, I guess since you put me on the spot and I have to rank them now, yeah. I'll just do it in the, in the order I wrote them down because you know what? That, That's you. That says a lot about... It was subliminal. Yeah, exactly. Um... Not biased at all here. Oh, uh, is it Richie? No, it's oh. Eve Basuma. Okay. I cannot get past the fact that Tottenham signed him with maybe 
eight hours of coverage from when someone's like, oh, Tottenham is interested in signing Basuma. Sure. To when, you know, Fabrizio Romano's like, here we go, he's going to Tottenham. Yeah, it was It quick. never happens like that. You hear rumors for weeks, especially with Tottenham, because, you know, Tottenham of old dragged their feet. They kind of are linked with, linked with all these players, and they never really, you know, follow through. But this was like, I woke up, and we had, like, signed Basuma, and I had not heard a single thing before that. I think if it had been dragged out, there would have been competition in other big six clubs because I think he was one of the top five. I would say top three center defensive mids in the Premier League last season. And I think that uh, he would at least be a role player on any big six team. Um, not, not saying he'd start on every big six team. Obviously, he wouldn't fit into that city squad. Um, but I think that we got really lucky signing Basuma uh, for, I think, a fair price, depending on the longevity of him. But that is my best signing of the summer so far. Um, any thoughts? I think it's a bit biased. No, I no, Brent. You must have you missed did this. Say no, you, you must have missed this at the yeah. beginning. Not biased opinion. Officer, the man clearly stated <laughs> it was unbiased. All right, Jake. Well, my number two, and I don't need an explanation. Holland to Man City. Brent, that's also my number two. You're kidding. No, I feel like there's no words needed. It's just like sure. Erling Holland, Man City. You made the best team way better. Yeah. It's stupid. We'll see how he performs. I mean, the adjustment period to the Prem often happens, but I feel like he's just going to hit the ground running from the start. And everybody's gonna be like, yeah, we knew that was going to be a good signing, whatever. So let's move on ourselves. Sure. We, we talked about it for two episodes at the Last, end of the season. Exactly. So, yeah, moving right along, Brent. Do you have a number three? My number three is Jesse Lingard to Nottingham Forest. I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Um, look, he's not the best player. He could struggle in that team. Sure. But at least in a way to, I mean, he did break the wage structure of Nottingham Forest. He's making about 180000 a week. Oh my gosh. Yeah, which is tough. But it's a one-year contract, and I think it's a gamble worth taking for Forrest to add somebody who's a top-eight team quality player into your team. I think that that kind of spark will be useful, especially... It'll, it'll depend on the mood that Jesse's in when he plays. If he's in his needs to prove himself, um, you know, high energy, high pressing form, it'll be great. If not, then there could be some issues. But sure. we'll see how he performs. I, I, what I'm saying more is that if the team's doing really badly, I could see him underperforming. But he could provide even just the early season spark that they need or the occasional solo goal that gets them the points they need to stay up. Yeah, Brent, I think that's a, a fair pick. We saw what he did at West Ham on loan, about that spark that you're talking exactly. about. Um, I think he could do something similar. Obviously not surrounded by the same amount of quality. Right. Uh, West Ham More. Is, is, <laughs> is a step above uh, Forrest at this point. But yeah, I, I think it's a good gamble. Uh, one year, so if you go down, obviously he's not going to stick around. Um, but you don't have him on your, your wage uh, Bill for the championship season. Right, which would be crazy. Exactly. Um, okay, Brent, respectable. I have got no complaints with that. My number three, I, I struggled with this one. Um, had a few names floating around. Okay. 
Kind of a dark horse. I did Koulibaly to Chelsea. No, I thought about him as well. Okay, yeah. because they lost Rudiger, who was such a mainstay in that starting eleven, and they needed someone with that physicality that could just fit right in and be a replacement. Um, Koulibaly is what, 30, 31? 31 turning 32, okay. I think. So it's not like, oh, well, what a great young defender. This guy's going to be a staple, like a staple at Chelsea for the next five seasons. He, he could because, you know, we see Thiago Silva at 37 uh, playing still and, you know, doing a pretty good job um, in a pre- Premier League side that finished third. Uh, but I think Koulibaly is the person they needed to fill that gap left by Rudiger. Um, and I think he's going to be pretty much the same type of player. And Chelsea are going to kind of cruise to a top four spot again. My only reason that I didn't do Koulibaly, Jake, is yeah. I worry that he's been so physically imposing and athletic when he was 28, 29, sure. 30. He, his positioning wasn't awesome, but he could always recover. And I worry yeah. just that as he's getting older, and I'm not necessarily saying that this season particularly he'll underperform, but I think his drop-off will be quick if he stays for two, three, four years because I, I just don't think he's a great positional defender. Yeah, we'll say there is going to be a learning curve. For sure. Um, I, I don't think it's going to go match day one. He's going to be the exact same as Rudiger was the right. day he left. No, that's not going to happen. It's going to take the first month or so for him to get used to the Premier League. You look at a system like Napoli compared to Chelsea and just the Premier League as a whole, where center backs are ball players more than they are in uh, Serie A, where it's more just kind of like, I'm a defender. Once I you know, dispossess someone, I'm, I'm distributing it to my left or right back or whatever. This is like you got to play the correct pass, be in the right position at all times, and it's a slightly higher quality than Serie A. And I, I think it's going to take at least a month for him to get used to it. No, I agree, Jake. And, and I'm glad that we're aligned on that. And we'll, we'll just see how it goes, Jake. But, but I do want to ask now that we have the time. I know we're coming up on our, you know, we try to hit 25 minutes every time. But, Jake, who, who has surprised you the most this window? Brent, we touched upon them earlier. And um, I played devil's advocate. But my true feelings were that Bournemouth... are surprisingly not spending as much as I thought they're going to. Sure. They made a bunch of signings in January, like I mentioned, but they didn't really break the bank. Right. It wasn't like they made record signings um, that kept them... Which is tough to do in the championship. (laughs) Sure. um, To keep second place secured. But, you know, we see Fulham, Nottingham Forest um, doing, you know, a lot more in this transfer window. And I think it spells trouble for Bournemouth. I think if they don't do something in the next two or three weeks here, um, they might be destined for 20th. Yeah, I, I tend to think the same, Jake. My surprise, I had two, one positive, one negative. My surprise was just Spurs in a positive way that they're actually spending money sure. this window. The $150 million war chest. Dude. Right, well, whether or not they actually all come like come to pass as great players to fruition sure um you know that's that's to be seen but the fact that daniel of all owners sure. <laughs> daniel levy is spending that much money is astounding based on what we've seen in the past stingy 
Yeah, no, he is. And clearly they back Conte. And then in a negative way, I did kind of allude to it before, just Leicester. Yeah. That they haven't signed anybody. Again, well, I can understand, I guess, that maybe they're, they don't have the market that they're looking for. The players that they want, want aren't necessarily available for the prices that they want, perhaps. It's surprising they haven't reinforced it all, especially considering, in my opinion, they need to start replacing Vardy. He's getting old. He's like 34 years old, and he's not going to be able to go. He's got injury issues the last few seasons. They need to replace him, and they just haven't really done anything. Brent, that's super weird because I just looked on Transfer Market, and under age for Jamie Vardy, it said ageless, and he's never going to stop playing football. Well, when your entire body is fueled off of Red Bull and and cappuccinos, or no, espresso shots. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, I, I can understand that, but but anyway, Jake, our last topic, which we both agree on, I believe, biggest signing of the summer. Yeah, I think the wording there is uh, something we should focus on. Biggest signing. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I didn't mean physically, but uh, oh. I was thinking just in general. He's the biggest name that came into the Premier League this season. Early, but also Holland, the largest. I think he, he's a specimen for sure. <laughs> um, like I said before. Joining a Man City side that just won the league on the last day, granted. Um, yeah, but still. Still. Um, he's going to help them cruise to another title, probably. I know I mentioned earlier that I want to see a fight at the top. Um, that's kind of wishful thinking. But yeah, um, do you have any more words for this Holland, Holland transfer? No, it's just at the end of the day, it's the biggest name that got transferred into the Premier League. It's the biggest man that was transferred into the Premier League, most likely. And I think he'll have the biggest impact in the long term. The man has followed a very Ibrahimovic style of jumping clubs a lot already. It'll be interesting to see if he's at City more than three years, because that's what his contract is, with a release clause on the third year. So we'll see. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think he's the biggest signing for sure. Yeah, Brent, um, before we move past um, incomings, I want to get your take on Darwin Nunez. We haven't talked about him at all. We haven't. We haven't talked about Liverpool much at all because he's their one big signing. They they knew about Carvalho um, like the whole second half of the season. I think they already agreed to a deal in principle or something. Yeah, it was pretty early. Yeah. So uh, that wasn't like, oh, big news uh, during the transfer window. But a lot of critics watching his um, training videos and him missing some shots in practice. Some sitters. Some sitters came out and scored four goals in their friendly. Um, I I did make a joke uh, to one of my Liverpool friends uh, that none of the goals were past the the penalty spot. But still, he had to score them. What, What are we thinking about that signing? I think it'll take him a while. I don't think he's ready to lead the line for Liverpool, but I think he's going to have to early because of the transfers that they've made. Um, Luis Diaz, Salah, mainstays. It'll be fighting for that final spot between Jota, um, Nunez, and Firmino. And I think they're going to stick with Darwin, and I'm worried that he might underperform at the start of the season. Brent, um, I think what they did here was they signed Luis Diaz in the January transfer window from a Portuguese side. He performed 
you know, above expectations. I think he was one of the best players in the second half Did of the season. Did he sign in January? Absolutely. Oh. Yep. Um, and then they go back to the well and say, oh, another Portuguese side, another forward, this time a striker. It's going to be the same result. I think, you know, maybe counting their chickens before they hatch. I don't think he's going to be the signing they thought he's going to be. Um, but, I mean, we've seen it in the past. If you have, a, they had Mane and Sala on the wings, and then Firmino, who I completely think is slightly above average. Um, you, you don't need much in the center there as long as you have the setup. And I think Nunes is going to do fine. Nothing special. Um, and that's that. All right. I'm still questioning this whole signed in January thing because the United were distinctly in the race for him in like no, I, I'd, June. I'd bet my me. lunch money on it. Yeah. All right, deal. We'll look at it after. Um, but Brent, bef- I can't wait to take your lunch money. <laughs> Before we sign off, um, both of us are going to pick a player that we think is a sure thing to be signed before the end. De Jong to Man United. Okay. They you, have. You a, weren't confident earlier. This they have window. a transfer in place. I was not confident, but they, at the end of the day, Barcelona have to sell him. They can't register new players unless he leaves because of his wages. Sure. They have to push him out the door, or De Jong has to not only forego the 17 million euros that he's owed, but also cut his wage in half or more than half by 60. percent yeah. I just don't think he will. Okay. Um, I still don't think it's going to happen. I think it's been drawn out for so long. I just don't think it's going to be... It's going to be like the Usman Dembele sort of situation where he kind of wants out but kind of just doesn't want to go anywhere sure. and just stays. Um, have West Ham signed Philip Costas yet? They have not. Okay, that's going to be mine. Okay. I think that's going to happen. Um, I think he's going to fit in pretty well there. They have that kind of Eastern European demographic on lock sure um and i think it's gonna continue all right deal fine brent that that was our last topic i'm finishing my last bit of whiskey here well we kind of breezed past the giggles portion but you know what this was a little bit more of a testy we're gonna be so much more serious this season yeah we're gonna be fist Uh. fighting in the middle of every episode. Oh my god! I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be. I've never been oh, a, there's that giggle. <laughs> I've never been in a fight in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was looking for. I just got a manicure. <laughs> well, Jake, it's now the start of the 22-23 Premier League season. Sure. The boys are back. We'll be in pajamas soon enough. Real pajamas. Real pajamas. Although I would probably sleep. I, in this. I do sleep in this. Do you sleep naked? Because we could just. Oh, on natural. On that note, <laughs> from the only Premier League podcast with a cozy dress code. That dress code being jammies. We'll see you next time.